hey, Nick, I got to thank you for the amazing birthday gift this year. Uh, best gift I got all year from our new sponsor, Manscaped. You hooked me up with the Lawnmower 3.0. That's right, baby. I called ahead to make sure it worked on gray hairs as well as regular hairs. So, um, yeah, you're all good. You're, you're good to go, man. Can't wait to see that pruned tree of yours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pruned. And I got to tell you, the other thing that's great about it is it's not just for using downstairs. I used it on my face right after I used it downstairs. But got to tell you, it's for the money that I didn't spend, you did. It, it really gives you the best and safest shave anywhere you want to use it. Yeah, it makes sense, man. Your downstairs looks just like your upstairs. So It does because I have a boyish, um, how do you say, glisten to myself. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds horrifying, but I'm glad that thing works. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. I have it as well. And as a hairy Sicilian gorilla, I need that big time. It's, uh, it's honestly one of my favorite tools. Like, not even kidding. One of my favorite things I use. I have all my friends using it as well. And they thought I was just trying to sell them something just because they're our sponsor. But they love it as well. Well, for all of our listeners, if you use our code MANGINA20 at manscaped.com, you will get 20% off your first order and free shipping. That's MANGINA20 at manscaped.com. Uneducated, unfiltered, unhinged. This is the Mangina Dialogues. We at it again with your host Nick Scopes and the Gregolicious. You know how we do, cause you know we keeping it gangster and silly. Unplugged like a fool swung titty. About get kitty, cause you know we down to the nitty and the gritty. And we make shit sound so damn pretty. Yeah, cause this unhinged comedy. And right now you're in the mix, so get ready. Cause we bout to get it poppin' And we ain't stopping. I'm educated, unfiltered, unhinged This the Mangina Dialogues Hello and welcome to the Mangina Dialogues I'm your host, Nick Scopes And I'm the Gregalicious Oh, that's, he's bringing his name back, okay 50-50 <laughs> And today our guest is very funny And a new mom, relatively new mom Nicole Birch, what's up? Hey, how's it going? How are you guys? What's going on? You're in California, correct? LA, right? Uh, no, I'm actually quarantining in Kansas City right now. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah. For the last, I actually came out here on May 9th and I was going to stay for two weeks and it's now been four months today. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah now yeah. are you, I know you said you're from the Midwest, so are you staying with family? I am staying with my mom. She's got, so like in LA, I live in a one bedroom apartment and uh, with a one-year-old and out here, my mom's got like five acres and a three bedroom house, which both of those things cost the same thing. (laughs) Um, But there's just, there's more space out here. God, isn't that sad? It's so true. I mean, you talk about it in your special a little bit, which we'll get to, but talk about the differences between like say living like a New York or an LA or somewhere else. There's, there's literally a cul-de-sac that is a brand new uh, division. Like it's all new homes. And I looked it up four bedrooms, three baths, and it's 1580 a month. <laughs> and that is almost to the penny what I pay for my one bedroom. And I'm like, you've got to be joking me. Say that. How many bedrooms, how many baths? Say that again. Four bedrooms, three baths and a finished basement. You guys a finished basement. I have, 
I have to go downstairs to do laundry, okay? I have to use quarters like I'm in a dorm. So many activities in the basement. So many activities. So much room. <laughs> it's actually not bad, 1580 for an apartment in L.A. That's pretty good. I actually, it's because I've lived there so long. I mean, I think they're going for closer to 22 now. What part, of, what part of L.A. do you live in? Larchmont, like the Rossmore, um, like Larchmont Hancock Park area. So part of, it's pretty close to Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, it's funny because I do the same thing. I used to travel a lot uh, all over the Midwest and weird places from Oklahoma to Nebraska and stuff. And I would always see these awesome, awesome developments. And I'd have to go on Zillow and be like, all right, what does this McMansion cost compared to where we live? We live right outside New York City. So it's yeah. virtually the exact same thing as any It's else. the same. I have a two bedroom, two bath condo. It's 2,800 a month. <sighs> I split it with someone. I got a roommate, but still. <laughs> oh, it so just much. amazes me and I get so aggravated I'm like you know what living in Arkansas can't be that bad <laughs> <laughs> like, it's can it? it I don't know I don't I mean it, I, I like, close your eyes you could be frigging anywhere like it looks just like Ventura Boulevards in most places yeah I mean I've been out here for four months and I'll say this like I love having family around and I love I love the open space. I love the nice people. I like the, like it's, everything's kind of simplified, which is great, but I'm also really itching to get back to Los Angeles because there's just like my lifestyle out there. I just can't do out here anymore. Like there's like hiking and green juices and exercising and out here it's, you know, all of your dressings are made with mayonnaise. And so <laughs> you, go to, you go, you go work at the slaughterhouse for exercise. What's your, uh, what's your, what's your juice place of choice in LA? Uh, let's see. We have, what is the, in Larchmont we have creation. I yes. think I go there because it's, yeah, it's yeah. in walking distance. Um, yeah. I like that place probably the best. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say that's my choice also. Yeah. And when the whole CBD craze started a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. I, I, there's, it's not even there anymore. I used to stay at this um, hotel in Manhattan beach and there was a creation right next literally right next door and I would go there every morning and I would get something insanely overpriced like the most expensive coffee drink I've ever had in my life and then they bring in CBD water I'm like oh I gotta try that so I didn't even look to see how much it was and I go to pay for it and I got some stupid breakfast snack and it was $20 for like one of their little breakfast things and the bottle of water was 12 bucks <laughs> So what does the CBD water do? Nothing. It's a scam. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking scam. CBD isn't a scam, but CBD water is a scam. Yeah. Like you'd have to drink an, a really an awful lot of it for like a month before you'd see any effects of CBD. I'm a big like CBD person, but yeah. certain things are just bullshit and CBD water and sell hard seltzers or. I will stay away from it. That's yeah, great. So, that's crazy. Anyway, let's talk about your comedy special, Never Been Kissed. Do it. What do you guys uh, want to know? Everything? Okay. Uh, by our friends at Comedy Dynamics. Uh, That's right. I do want to say I really loved um, – I only made it to the first 20 minutes because I had to go to work, but I was <laughs> – I, I will finish it. I have nothing to do the rest of this day. So um, <laughs> this is what's going on. The intro. I love the intro. Oh, good. But like, it's it's really, I don't want to give anything away, but like, I, it really like draws you in. I really like Are we that. talking about the the scene before the comedy the special? Scene, the scene yeah. before, yeah, because that's not well, a lot, that happens sometimes in specials, but you don't see it a lot. Well, you would have saw how it ended. Yeah. 
Well, I will say this. So this is the interesting thing is when we originally were filming it, we had a connection at Netflix and Netflix was like, hey, we're doing half hour comedy specials. So we just need 30 minutes. So we shot it and it was like roughly 36, 37 minutes. I was like, oh, that's plenty. And they can cut it to whatever they like. That contact got fired. And then Netflix was no longer taking half hour specials. So they were like, well, we need you to make it at least 50 minutes. And I go, you want me to add 14, 13 minutes to the, and they're like, can't you just refilm it? I'm like, do you know how, like how much man work that took to do that? And let alone how much money. Yeah. And so we ended up, they're like, what can we do? And I was like, well, I can write a scene. It's based on my childhood and we'll have actors play. Cause at the time when we were going to shoot that, I was pregnant. So I didn't look how I looked in the comedy special or when I was doing the standup. And so we had to add that on and it actually ended up working really well thematically with what we wanted. And it, it has a lot of nostalgia to it too. Yeah. I thought it, I thought it was hysterical. It was really, really funny. And I think most teenagers at some point can totally relate to that, to that exact scene. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. The, the guy, the girl who plays me, uh, her name's Vivian. And then the boy is named Naya. And I actually used my childhood crush's real name, Danny Parsons. So I reached out to him and I was like, hey, I could change this name, but I really want to use your name in it. And he was like, hi, haven't heard from you in 30 years. This is <laughs> <laughs> he was like, go ahead, use, use my name. I don't care. I was like, okay, great. I was going to actually ask if you, if you kept in touch with him, but I guess. Yeah, you- that was going to be my follow up. Oh. This is even better. So I were friends on Facebook and I couldn't, he wasn't, he wasn't even reading my messages and his last post was like from 2014. So I was like, how do I get a hold of him? So I messaged his wife. I knew it. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) And she was immediately like, this sounds great. I love, she was very, she was awesome. She was great. But I was like, this is going to cut. How do I say this? How do I even construct this, this wording and, uh, but she was pretty down with it. So that's what awesome. if it, that'd be funny if it went the other way. <laughs> like if you were like, so I had a crush, uh, you, you and your husband and I were friends. I had a crush when I was 12. <laughs> and then she'd be like, listen, bitch. <laughs> listen, like, what if she had that live? reaction? <laughs> Shows up my doorstep. I'd be like, oh, oh, should I just <laughs> named him Tim Jones? Nope. No. Okay. <laughs> Did, I, I do have like, I really need to find out. The, a fact about that opening scene with the okay. woman that played your mom, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. So, Sarah is, Summers. Yeah. Is that a fair representation of your mom? A thousand percent, my friend. A okay. thousand percent. So, did your mom ever say to you the words, give an inch, take a whore? Uh, she said, no, okay, I did ad lib on that, but this is, I'll, I'll share the type of woman my mom is. So, yes. I would have like slumber parties and right. she'd uh, have a few cocktails. And she would teach us toasts. And one of those, can I help? Can I be crass on here? Maybe oh, okay. yeah. Right. This is called the so, Mangina um, Dialogues. It's good. Go ahead. So one of her, one of her toasts was, um, uh, here's to the girl with the little red shoes. She smokes my pipe. She drinks my booze. She doesn't have a cherry, but that's no sin because she's got the box that the cherry came in. <laughs> and we were nine. So this was, you know, that's... <laughs> Uh, Nick has a good, good, good bit about similar. Well, actually I have, I was 10 years old. So my father, this actually, I don't even know if Greg, if you've heard this, but my father owned a bagel shop. We're from New York originally. So my dad owned a bagel shop. We were 10 years old and he gave me and my buddies, I was going to someone's house 
and he gave me a bunch of bagels and he looks at me and my friends and he goes, Hey, don't play ring toss with him. And we were like, (laughs) (laughs) and it was like 10 seconds. We were like, Oh, (laughs) and he would just smile. And I was like, God, he's this fucking sick bastard. That's the best. Dude, there's a million. I could talk for an hour about my dad, but we're not (laughs) talking about your World War World War II bit. Oh yeah, I was also nine years old with that. Well, I don't want to get. Well, I guess I could just say it real quick. So my grandfather fought in World War II. Both did. One of them was like a cook and whatever. And I asked him about stories. I was like, "Tell me like war stories. Like what? What? Anything cool happen?" And he's like, "Yeah, one time we were in Belgium. We used to watch these two women go at it. We would throw pennies at them." And I was like. the fuck are you talking about <laughs> and i told my dad it was this was in my father's bagel shop and then the follow-up to that is i went up to my dad i go dad grandpa's saying like weird shit like i don't know uh, he goes listen he's been married to your grandmother she's a pain in the ass they've been together for 60 years just leave him alone and i was like <laughs> okay <laughs> i was like just figured i'd let you know it. but <laughs> I love, my grandpa my grandpa uh was a navy man and um he was like outside of new guinea or whatever and he was showing me these black and white photos. I was probably five or six years old. My grandma's in the kitchen and he's showing me all these photos. And he goes, don't tell your grandma about this one. And it's literally a decapitated head on a pike. And I couldn't, it was black and white, it was blurry. He didn't do it, but it was like he was coming up on the land and that's like he was taking photos or whatever. And I was like, what is, I don't understand that. And then I was like, is that his head on a stick? And my grandmother lost, she's like, Frank, she's too young for that. She can't see that. And he goes, she's got to learn sometime if she's ever going to serve. And I'm like, what? She's what ever going to serve. <laughs> you in my, the ladies in now. I'm like, okay. my, other, my other, I have a similar story. My other grandfather who was like legit fought and was like a sergeant, this guy. And he was showing me, it was almost like a yearbook. Like it was weird, like photos of, him and all his whatever his crew in World War Two, and there's a there's a picture of, I'll never get it out of my head. I had to be eleven, and he <laughs> shows this picture of him and all the guys eating lunch, and there's just a dead German soldier like three feet from them, <laughs> and he just pointed at it. And he goes, "See that guy? We call that guy retired." <laughs> and I was like, um, <laughs> "So messed <laughs> up! It's so messed up! So messed up!" <laughs> That generation didn't give a fuck, man. No, at all. My grandpa, like, he was always telling me and Mike, he's like, your cousin got a tattoo. That's disgusting. And I was like, grandpa, you have the biggest Navy tattoo on your forearm. And he goes, it's because I never thought I was going to come back from the war. What are you talking about? We weren't going to survive. And I was like, we don't have those guys anymore. I don't know any single, I don't know any guy my age or even younger that would have that mentality of like, I'm going to war. Or I'm not coming back. My uncle was in the in the Navy, and he <laughs> I don't have any good stories. He was the librarian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Thank you for that, Greg. So anyway, uh, 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 if he got a purple heart, if he got a purple heart, I am. I want to hear that's how a librarian got a purple heart story. That's the it's story gotta be. It's gotta be funny, right? We're talking about our grandparents, and like they come from a different. I mean, a different time. My grandfather dropped out of school at 12 because of the Great Depression. He worked until he was fucking 80 years old. That's when he retired, when he was 80, from being a landscaper. Yeah. And, like, getting tattoos and whatever because you think you're going to die in war. 
then you move to LA and there's guys that just have tattoos because they're like, yeah, this like means like something in some foreign language. Namaste. I think of like Russell Brand from Forgetting Sarah Marshall and he's like, yeah, seven years sober. And it's like all different. <laughs> like, they don't make sense. There's Buddhist and Muslim. It doesn't make sense. Nothing. Dude, I saw Russell Brand. I don't know if I ever told you this at, um, in, in, uh, the offices of usually the CAA or Innovative or one of the big talent agencies in LA, and it's I was going down an escalator and I'm kind of like what, looking at my phone or something and I'm about to go down this escalator and I see this like white blur like just kind of shoot in front of me and then go down the escalator. I'm like, oh my god, like Jesus just walked down the escalator, right? And I'm like, this is my second Jesus encounter. So I get down the escalator to where it's valet parking. And so Jesus is getting his car at valet parking. This is coming back. <laughs> right. So I'm there and I'm looking and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This dude is dressed in, I'm not exaggerating. It was just the bed sheet off of his hotel bed. He just pulled the white bed sheet off, wrapped himself in it and went to a meeting at his, at his agent across the street and, or somewhere gets in a car and rolls off in a bed sheet, in a bed sheet. I mean, I I'm, I'm also curious that this is your second encounter with Jesus. Like, uh, oh, my, that's, my first that's one. Where I'm like, <laughs> You're like, well, get to the end of that story. You're talking about the first Jesus. First one. <laughs> so this, this is, is 100% accurate, true. And I will go to my grave saying I saw Jesus. Oh, boy. Um, I'm Jewish, so I have not, nothing vested in Jesus. So I'm at a Grateful Dead concert back okay all right that's all you gotta say that's the end of the story okay no 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 so it was during the day so it's during the day and i'm walking in the parking lot when you're still allowed to camp at concerts and i'm walking through and i hear this girl screaming top of her lungs lungs screaming and i'm like what is that i turn around i like walk towards it to see what was going on it was girl clearly freaking out on some bad trip or something and between two cars comes a dude it was like six foot six complete jesus walks up to the girl puts his hand on her head i have no idea what he said because i wasn't close enough just held her head right turned around walked away that girl became immediately calm and walked the other direction and i stood there like what the fuck did i just say <laughs> like what was this and you weren't on anything? No, I was dead sober. Dead sober. Yeah, that's, yeah, okay. I even called my mother and told her, I'm like, Mom, because my mother's Catholic, I'm like, I saw your guy. And she's like, what do you mean you saw my guy? It's like, and Tony I'm, from the deli? <laughs> that's what you said. The butcher? The butcher? I'm like, no, Jesus. And she's like, ugh. She's like, what are you smoking? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> I promise nothing. And that's my Jesus story. That's great. That was, that that was beautiful. It. It so was. now, Nicole, let's talk about how you went from the Midwest to LA to do comedy. How did this all start? Um, let's see. Um, basically, I went to college to be a doctor and realized that that required math and science skills, which I don't <laughs> have <laughs> um, so, <laughs> at all. Like, I just kept. I actually recently found out what my GPA was. Like from high school, it was like a four zero. And then in college, I was like, oh, I probably graduated with like a 3.5. I took really hard pre-med classes. So I'm sure it was like maybe a 3.3 three at, the, at the lowest. Yeah. And they're like, no, it was a 2.6, girl. You drank a lot. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that seems accurate. I would have killed for a 2.6. So, so I was like, okay, um, 
so then after that, I became a real estate agent and that was fine. Um, but in the meantime, I was taking like acting classes just as a hobby. And uh, I ended up booking some work in KC and my acting coach was like, look, I think it's, you're at that point where either you're going to stay here and just do this forever, or you're going to pick New York or um, LA. And so I went to visit my friend in LA. Um, I kind of, I love LA. I really do. But New York is one of my favorite cities and I have never been there at that point. So had I gone to New York, I would have absolutely chosen New York, but I hadn't gone there yet. So then I moved to LA. I've been out there 11 years. I started studying at the Groundlings Theater day two of me moving there and wow. worked my way up through there, got into the Sunday company, um, which Groundlings is where, you know, they, a lot of SNL people come from or whatever. And, um, so once I got into Sunday company, that's when I got really good representation. I started working more Then uh, they pretty much said, Hey, you, you can either move on to the main company or they like say, no, thank you. And I got the no, thank you. And uh, so then I wrote a show called the seven guys you date before you get married. And it ended up, and they let me put it up there, which was very nice of them. And it ended up running, I thought it was going to run one weekend and it ran 15 months. And I think wow. it's still the longest running elective show that they've had. Um, yeah. And so from that, then, then I started doing stand-up. So, I mean, I've been doing comedy for over a decade, but I've actually only been doing stand-up for about three years, four years. Oh, four years. okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's interesting to know. Now, what's the, I always ask people this to do improv because I, I just do stand-up and I can't even fathom doing improv like what's the besides the obvious you're alone there like what do you what's the biggest difference and what do you like more now oh i love stand-up improv yeah. is the one thing i can do sketch i love sketch i love writing sketch i love being in sketch. i love character work it's my favorite um stand-up stand-up i don't feel like i'm like if it fails it's on me when it's right. improv and if i fail and i fail like the team or the people on stage i that I can't, I can't do that. Like it gets in my head. I don't want to drop the ball. I'm too in my head. I mean, look, I can do it. I'm, you know, I'm decent at it, but I would do stand up all day, every day because yeah, it makes me too nervous to be up there with people and like, like it tank. And then you're just constantly trying to dig each other out. And it's like, I can dig myself out of my, no, that's not true. If I fail on stage by myself, <laughs> I just fail on stage by myself. But, um, yeah, so yeah, I'd much rather do stand up. It's, it's way more. Yeah. I, I actually like the fact that it's just you on stage. Like when you're doing yeah. stand up, like yeah. even my, my father was a musician and he was a drummer, so he's chilling. But like first couple of times he come to see me, he would, <laughs> he would say things like, I can't believe it's just, it's just you. You're just up there by yourself. Like, yeah. no, you're just alone. I'm like, yeah, that's what it is, man. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. How it goes. Yeah. And I think a lot of, uh, a lot of my family members are like, Oh, you're such, I didn't know you were such an extrovert. And I'm like, Oh, I'm not like just because I'm doing no. that does not make me an extrovert. Like no. as soon as I get off stage, people think that they're going to see the same person. And it's not like I'm a huge character, but they think they're going to interact with the same person. And I'm like docile and quiet. And I keep to myself. <laughs> yeah, you ever, I've noticed that a lot about comedians and one of the guys who I like, he always talks about it is a uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, right? Uh -huh. Like yeah. he has a bit talking about how he's like, he's like his wife loves people. And like, he's like, I'm like a cat. Like I just yeah. hide. I, I don't like, and you're thinking this guy 
who's selling out arenas uh-huh. and so animated and blah, blah, blah on stage after he's done he's like leave me the fuck alone like yeah, i just love that, that whole stage space like he's he's the energizer bunny on that stage yeah. and then he's just a quiet guy Makes yeah. sense. Where did you get your start as far as like performing at the clubs in LA? Like, did you have like a home club or a preferred club? Um, well, I mean, I do mostly the comedy store as far as the bigger clubs. Um, but, but I'll be honest, like when I first started doing stand up, there's this bar called the Federal Bar. It's in North Hollywood, it's in the Valley. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to try stand up for the first time. And I was like, hey, can I get like 10 minutes? And the guy kind of laughed at me. He's like, you want 10 minutes? You've never done stand-up? And I was like, trust me, I just give me 10. I, I go, if I bring 20 people, will you give me 10 minutes? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, great, because it's my birthday and I'm going to have everybody come here and then we're going to go get drunk after. It's going to be awesome. And so we go and I do some spiel about like probably turning 33 or 34 or whatever. And all my friends are there and we're having a really good time. And afterwards he was like, you can have 20 minutes next time you come, you can have whatever you want. So I'll actually perform there quite a bit because he gives me like 30, 40 minutes. And I, it's one of those places where I can workshop stuff, but then I take the material that works and then I use it at the comedy store. Unless I do the belly room and then I can just workshop stuff there too. Gotcha. Very cool. That's awesome. Now the comedy store, would you say that's probably yeah, I mean, when I say favorite, um, is it the place that I book the most? Yeah, so that's probably <laughs> why. But um, I also love Laugh Factory and the Improv. Um, I haven't done Ha Ha in probably like two years. So, and that's also in the Valley, but it's a bigger club. Um, but yeah, I mean, I the comedy store, like the energy of that place, I mean, it's, you feel it when you're driving down sunset. You're like, this is, there's something coming out of this place. That's crazy intense energy. Yeah. I, uh, I hope it opens back. Is it open now for like food and stuff or what? I actually don't know. I it mean, is. I, it is. They've been doing, it? yeah, they had like, you can go there and eat and they've been doing some live uh, podcasts. Okay. Which I, I think they do. I can't figure it out actually. I think they do them inside, but then broadcast it outside oh i could see that because they do have the tvs on the outside um, people just yeah. hang out at the bar and the, in the parking lot with the table like, so they set the whole parking lot up with tables it's pretty cool yeah i know yeah. laugh factory's more they do recordings of just one comic on stage and then they blast it everywhere i don't yeah. know like online have you done like these zoom shows and all, any of that stuff oh god this is so weird so i've done um and this is all from people like friends reaching out to me that now have to like my friends who are in charge of hosting a business happy hour. They have me come on and do like 10 minutes of comedy. And I was like, yeah, sure. And uh, this one girl's like, how much for like 10 minutes of comedy? And I was like 250 bucks. Cause I'm like, I don't want to do this. This is weird. I've never done this before. And she goes, okay, great. So I'll Venmo you. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> And so I've had a few of those gigs, which I'm like, that's ins- not enough to pay rent, right? But like, I'm like, that's insanity. And um, one of my friends that is an old sorority sister um, at where I, went to high- where I went to college, she is a lawyer and she works with some like Supreme Court justices and like she, she's supposed to host this thing. And so I'm doing comedy, obviously I can't make it political, but I'm like doing comedy 
for all these people. And I'm kind of telling them about the never been kissed special and they want to hear about Michael Vartan and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, that actually went so well that it got me four more jobs after that from, from like women in their seventies. judges it was the weirdest like that's the weirdest audience you could i could ever imagine my demographics like 35 year old men like that you never know though there's i remember doing an open mic once back when there were people allowed in buildings and stuff like that (laughs) um and i did it was like a six minute thing it went well and i did a joke about going down on a girl and i got off the stage and a couple that easily was in their late sixties. were like, you were our favorite one so far. <laughs> I was like, really? Like, okay. okay. I was like, all right. I thought you guys hate that shit, but. Love that. So I, I have a, a couple of questions because I, I actually spent a lot of time in LA. So listening to your, your special, like there was a, a bunch of things that just like popped out at me um, just from being, you know, down there in the scene and just knowing obviously you know, traversing the town. And one thing was very, very funny because I had the exact same reaction you did. I came out of Amoeba Records one day and I looked up and I don't know if it was a chlamydia billboard or it was like a, an AIDS billboard. It was something, but I want to say it maybe it was gonorrhea. It was like, huh? hello, LA. Do you have gonorrhea? Yeah. Right? And, Everyone's and like, no yeah. Phone <laughs> no phone number. Like, <laughs> Like, what's your, like, this is my thing. And I didn't, I did touch on on the special, but I think it was edited out for, I don't know, wording or maybe I stuttered or whatever. I don't know. But it really was a large pink elephant covered in glitter. And it said, got chlamydia, question mark. No phone number, like, hey, check in, get tested here. Here's the website. No, there's no other information on there. And I'm like, so this is our calling card as a city? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't. I didn't get it either. And I took a. It's in my Instagram somewhere because I took a picture of it and I posted it. And I'm like, "Welcome to LA." (laughs) Do you remember where it was that you saw it? Well, I live like off Melrose and Vine, so it was literally right. There's a there's a Pavilions or a Vons right there. Yeah, I know. Right above that. Yeah, no, that's not where I saw it. I I saw it was directly across from Amoeba. You would have been on Sunset, but they have them all over the place. It was hysterical. I'm like, this is the best billboard I've ever seen. Right. And my mom, uh, real quick, my mom, when she came to visit last time, I was like, oh, let's go to uh, Nate Bargatze. He had like a show, so we went. But across the street at the Orpheum was the Pornhub Awards. (laughs) And she's like reading it on the marquee, and she's like, what's that? And like, as we get out of the car and we're walking, you immediately know who's going to watch Nate, the comic, yep. and yep. who's going to the Pornhub Awards. <laughs> <laughs> Did your, what your mom say? Did she like pick him out? She's like, is that guy coming? <laughs> <laughs> there was a girl who was wearing a mini skirt and just pasties and like, obviously huge, super fake boobs, like, cause they could stand on their own. And, uh, she was like, I don't think she's coming with us. And I was like, no, I don't think so. That's good. That's what Nick wears out on a typical Thursday. <laughs> yeah. hey, it's Thursday. I'm waiting until this is over and I'm going to put them on. <laughs> so ha- of, of the whole Michael Vartan story, like is this is so much to dissect without going into it to give away the special. Yeah. But yeah. Like is, is that top to bottom? Like how it went down? Um, I, there's a little bit of give and take on the timeline of everything because we actually, we didn't go on a date. To be honest, we didn't go on a date the next night. We texted for like two weeks. So we did get to know each other a little bit more, but like we hadn't, that was the first time we'd seen each other in person. 
Um, so there was a little bit more buildup, but I think for time I had to make it yeah. like the next day. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, that's, I mean, you know, I'll embellish a little bit for a joke, but the storyline is absolutely. <laughs> that's just yeah. utterly amazing. Like, I, there was a few times like I'd have a guy come up to me after a show and he'd be like, I don't believe you. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. Do you want his number? Because oh, my sister's here. Like a few times my sister was in the audience and she's like, dude, I was there for it. She goes, I wasn't there for the exact moment. She goes, but I was there to experience everything around it. Now I need to I need to finish this special tonight. Can we end this? No, I'm just kidding. So it's such a good story, and I'll have to tell you after why it's so like awesome to me because I have a very similar ending experience. <laughs> so. I love. I still have that text message. I well now we've texted since then because the text messages have been hey, I've been telling this story. I hope you're right. okay with it. And he jokingly says, hey, you should make it a Netflix special and we can retire, LOL. And then two months later, I was like, hey, so remember when you said it was gonna, I should make it a Netflix special? It's actually going to be an Amazon and Apple TV special. Is that cool? That count? Like, you okay with that? He was like, yeah. He goes, I'm surprised you're telling that story because it doesn't make me look bad. Right. It's a, it's a, it's great. It really, it's Damn so it. funny. And what was really impressed me. What is happening? I know. I'm so like, he's such a dick. Um, Stupid it, work. <laughs> the story was so engaging, right? Because, you know, it was the last 20 minutes of, of the special. Yeah. And I was like riveted from the second you, it, it could have been anyone. It didn't even, it had nothing to do with who the story yeah. was about. Yeah. Was I, I try to explain that to people because they're like, oh, I don't know who that is. I'm like, have you ever had a crush on a celebrity? Have you ever had a crush on anybody? Like yeah. that's, it's like that, but it's also magnified because he was a guy I was in love with for 20 years. Right. It was just awesome. And it, even better that it started out at, this part doesn't matter to the story, but to, at BOA, like I've had so many ridiculous things and funny shit happen on the, outdoor patio just at that place in general like yeah. where it sits and the what's across like across the street used to be huge record label across the street they're not there anymore so like yeah. that was a scene and then obviously the thing in the roof it's just it's just like that story was got me to, like i'm still laughing like i could yeah. bust out laughing now so it was so yeah. good so all of our people have to go watch this special um it'll be out by the time this comes out yeah great uh, so yeah, so funny, Nick. You're such a dick that you didn't watch that that piece of it. But whatever. I go to work, bro. What do you want me? I'm gonna finish it up. I got nothing to. I literally, as soon as we hang up, I'm doing nothing. So I'm gonna go finish it. You should. You should. There's nothing so, happening. Is that like? I mean, it'd be very hard to top that as your best date story. Um, to ask if that is the best date story. That is definitely the best date story. So what happened was I. I had a friend who was a producer and I was like, Oh, I might have enough material to put together to do like an audio special or something like that. I was like, I don't have the chops yet to do like a full special. And he was like, well, let me come see some of your sets. So for two nights, he like came, I had back to back shows and I tried to change up all the material. And he's like, look, you're funny. And he's like, but it's all dating stuff. And I, he goes, there's so much, it's the, the industry's oversaturated with, females talking about bad dates. And I was like, 
okay, yeah, I totally get it. Um, he goes, you do have a unique perspective, but it's just, I don't know. I don't know. So he goes, you got one more show tomorrow. I'll come to it. I was like, don't even worry about it. I'm just telling this other date story and you're not going to like it. Um, he goes, well, I've already set up a meeting next door. This was in Glendale, by the way, at a restaurant. This was like, when I tell you the place that should not have stand-up comedy, it was this place. And so I end up doing it. He, he pops his head in. I think he's not going to show because I already, I already let him off the hook. He comes in and I start telling this story and I'm running a little long. I get the light. Um, so I've got, I asked for it at two minutes. So then I get the light and then I look at my friend who's running the show and he just goes, keep going, just keep going. He goes, tell us the whole, you could tell I was telling bits, yep. bits and pieces. And he goes, just tell the whole story. Shows yours. And I was like, okay. So I did the whole thing. And my friend, Corey, the producer, uh, Corey Craig's standing there and he's feverishly typing. I'm like, he's making notes or he's texting somebody, something's mm -hmm. happening. The women are on the edge of their seats. This is the first time I got to tell like a 20 minute version of it. Right. And the women are like, and they know the movie, they know <laughs> the Drew Barrymore thing. They know everything I'm talking about. And then when I end it, the the way the air lets out of the room they were just like no like it was like what and uh when i got off stage he goes okay it's gonna be called never been kissed we're doing this we're doing this we're doing this <laughs> like you need to start working this every night every night every night and i was like oh i go again it's a dating story though and you don't like those and he goes nobody's told a story like that that's insane i cannot believe that's happened to you <laughs> and so then um he immediately got in contact with michael vartan's people right and was pretty quickly like hey uh out of a courtesy you know we want you to we we actually recorded something and sent it to his manager and his agents and they were like yeah he doesn't want to be a part of it in sense of filming anything but he fully supports for doing it and talking about it and stuff like that and i was like great because i think i think corey was hoping he would do like a cameo which would have been amazing <laughs> but i think he's also like hey i'm kind of an established actor and i don't know where this is gonna go or what it's gonna look like <laughs> so i totally understood why he said no i can't wait till he sees a special hopefully well we've sent it to him he's oh he said okay what yeah. do you say yeah he's actually i don't think he's seen the intro or the outro the the scenes before after but um yeah he gave it two thumbs up he was like that's hilarious. I hope it does well. And he's like, keep me posted. And I'm like, okay. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's I so cool. for... He's like, <laughs> just going to text me what he thinks. I can't wait. Oh like... man. I wanted it to work out. So, oh, so <laughs> I mean, I was like operating in my 16 year old brain the entire night. It yeah. was insane. <laughs> well, it was a good time. <laughs> you got a hell of a special out of it. Got a hell of a story out of it. Yeah. So what, what's coming up for you? Like when are you going back to LA? I'm probably going to go back. I'm doing some local promoting here. And since quarantine's not as bad in Kansas city, um, I can actually go into some studios and do some like live, like live interviews. Right. Um, so I'm going to do that for the next couple of weeks, then head back and I'm writing the next special. I'm about halfway done writing it uh, with everything that's happened over the last two years. So, yeah. Very cool. Who are you dating to, to make that special about? <laughs> well, um, I'm not really dating anybody, but after the Michael Vartan thing, um, I actually hooked up with my best friend just one night, one night only. 
Wow. And, yeah. Um, and we were careful and I got pregnant and I didn't want children. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> that I, laugh. yeah, so she's, she is honestly, if even if you don't want to like, which I didn't, she's perfect. She's perfection. She's a sweetheart. She's absolutely gorgeous and adorable. And the sweet, she's the smiliest, happiest baby you've ever seen. Like everybody's like, I've never seen a baby smile that much. And I'm like, I know it's crazy. Um, that said, it's been a journey, man. It's been, and we're co-parenting. I mean, I mean, I have her like 95% of the time, but he's, you know, he flew in for her birthday and he's flown in a month ago and we're like doing this co-parenting thing. There's no, like, it, I think the hardest thing is people, especially my family keep thinking you guys are going to get together. And we're like, dude, no, like, if you could have read the text exchange that happened after we had sex, like he left. Cause I was like, you can go now. And then he left and then he texts me or no, I text him the next morning. I was like, Hey, I just want to make sure we're good. And he goes, Oh yeah, we're good. I wouldn't even consider what we did last night sex. And I was like, Whew, me neither. <laughs> Three weeks later, I was like, Hey, um, so we got to meet for coffee and have a really awkward conversation. And he was just like, no, <laughs> texting me. And I was like, yeah. So, um, if, so if that, it wasn't, if it wasn't sex, what was it? I'm confused as to, well, it was like a mix between like just the tip and ouch, ouch, get off my hair. And like, and then, and then, Oh, well let's put, you know, let's use protection. And well, we don't even really need it. And then we're done. And I thought we were, I'd had a lot to drink. So I thought we were done, done. And then he said, yeah, we're done. And then I didn't know he had finished done. I thought we had decided to stop doing it. Mm. I'm trying it to be does. It does. It does make sense. I'm trying to be real graceful about it. That's yeah. a real, that's real Midwest of you. Very Midwest, <laughs> very eighth grade description of <laughs> how a girl, unbeknownst to her, gets pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. I came out three months into therapy when we were doing couples therapy. He was like, hey, so I probably should have mentioned this one part. And I was like, dude, I would have taken the morning after pill. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so is this one going to be called One Night Only? <laughs> it should be. It absolutely should be. No, it's going to be, it's actually going to be called um, Mama Drama, probably. I don't know. We'll see. There's. <laughs> I love that you said that name and you're like, I don't fucking know. I don't fucking, every yeah. time I say Mama Drama, it sounds so, I'm like, oh, it sounds cheesy. I'll figure it out later. Or I could just steal another title like I did with this one. It's fine. Right. <laughs> just call it Don't Leave It In, something like that. <laughs> Quick draw. <laughs> I'm absolutely, I'm going to let you guys name it. I'm great with names. The Mangina Dialogue speaks for itself. Yeah, doesn't it? That's pretty awesome. Well, listen, this has been an awesomely wild, fun time, and your special is tremendous. I hope everybody gets a chance to see it. Thank you. Um, I'll go watch it right now. Where, where should people follow you? Um, so you can go to Nicole, um, you can go to NicoleComedy.com. It's N-I-C-O-L-E Comedy.com. That's going to be the easiest way because, like, I just posted this. If you're 40 or older and related to me, you don't know what iTunes is apparently. <laughs> so they're like, I don't, I can't pre-order. I don't have iTunes. I'm like, that's fine. You can get on Amazon on the 15th, and they're like, Amazon, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know 
I'm just going to send you specific links the day of. So if you go to NicoleComedy.com, it will have every link you need on every platform that you can possibly imagine. And I will get it to you, I promise. And if you have a problem, message me, grandma, and I'll help you figure it out. You know what I mean? And what about your Instagram and, and Twitter and all that stuff? Uh, at Nicole Birch Comedy. You can reach me there. Cool. And yeah. I, I have a r- real quick thing. My dad once called iTunes Looney Tunes. <laughs> Not even kidding. I need to meet this guy. Does he still have the bagel shop? No, he sold it in the early 2000s when we moved to Connecticut. But he's 70 now. He's chilling. He's, he's you know, chilling. He's yeah. chill. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, get, uh, get it on Looney Tunes. <laughs> get it on Looney Tunes. Never been kissed. Never been kissed. It's tremendous. Story of my life. All right, Nicole. Thank All you right. so much. Thanks this was so doing. fun. I'm going to go finish your special right now. Okay. Thank you, guys. Appreciate <laughs> it. Take care. Bye. Okay, bye.